0: Welcome to X Chateau, Ex Chateau, the podcast that navigates the business of wine with unique perspectives and insights with your host, Robert Vernick and Peter Young.
1: Welcome to this episode of Ex Chateau. Today, we're going to be discussing how brand ambassadors work in the champagne and wine world with Fabiola Suarez, the Global Senior Wine Education Manager at Martel Mom Peri a division of Pernod Ricard. Fabiola, welcome to the show.
0: Hello. It's a pleasure being here.
1: Can you give me and Peter a brief overview of your background and your current role at Pernod Ricard?
0: Yes, of course. So I've always been interested in unshined history. If I go back to the beginning of the origin and the passion for wine, because of that, after graduating from business school, together with my best friend, I ventured to Greece to delve into the study of the civilization. During this journey, I had the privilege of tasting exceptional Greek wines, which made it my passion and made me realize that wines have the remarkable ability to make history almost tangible while allowing us to travel through time. So upon returning to São Paulo, uh, where I'm from, I decided to enroll in the sommelier course offered by the Brazilian Association of Sommeliers. Initially, it was only a hobby, but as time passed, I established my consulting business and late in 2013, my career took an exciting turn when Fernand Ricard invited me to become the first sommelier ambassador for Champagne Perrier-Jouette in Brazil. Three years later, I moved to Paris and I became part of our global team, working at our luxury division headquarters. Over the years, I assumed various roles within both the business acceleration and the strategic marketing team. Last year, following the completion of my WSET diploma in Bordeaux, I embraced a new role, now overseeing our global education programs and our team of Champagne and Provence ambassadors based all around the world.
2: So for those who aren't familiar with Pernod Ricard, it's one of the biggest spirits companies in the world. How big is it as a company and how big is the wine division?
0: So Pernod Ricard is number two worldwide producer of wines and spirits. The group holds one of the most prestigious and comprehensive portfolios in the industry with over 200 premium brands, including Absolute Vodka, Royal Salute Whiskey, Champagne Thierry Jouet, Champagne J H Mum, among others, distributed across more than one hundred and sixteen models. We have one business unit dedicated to international wine named Ricard Wine Winemaker with headquarters in Spain and in Australia. And we have one luxury entity dedicated exclusively to French prestigious wines and cognac.
1: So we want to focus on the brand ambassador programs that you manage. What brands within Pernod Ricard have a brand ambassador program or do brand ambassadors cross multiple brands?
0: We operate a range of distinctive brand ambassadors programs, each designed to address specific strategic business needs. The programs are often overseen by the respective brand owners, so or by the different business units. And the longest standing program within our group is the James and distillers, graduate program, which was established back in 1991, and today they count with 80 brand ambassadors located across 50 international markets, so it's an extremely well-established program. The profile thought by my colleague at Jameson, for example, when recruiting graduate brand ambassadors differ from those I look for when recruiting senior French wine ambassadors. Likewise, the training provided to these two groups addresses distinct skill sets and development needs today we do not have ambassadors who we span multiple categories because we do need specific knowledge for each of them However, there might be instances where one single ambassador can represent two champagne houses leveraging the synergies that exist within the champagne segment specifically.
2: I think you have mentioned your luxury segment is Champagne, Pierre Jouet, JH Mum, and then also a Provence brand. So Provence has its own ambassadors that are different from Champagne. Is that the Champagne ones, or do they work for all of them?
0: So basically, in the luxury division, we have Cognac Marcel, Champagne de Jouet, Champagne JH Mum, and Sainte Marguerite en Provence. It's a Provence house. The answer, it really depends on which market we are looking at. Today, to give you an example, in Hong Kong, Eliane, our brand ambassador, she's representing the shooting house and Saint-Marguerite-en-Provence. But in France, I have different ambassadors for each of the house. So it depends on different factors as the maturity of the market, the size of the opportunity, the number of our teams. Also, how knowledgeable and well-established is the commercial prestige team? Do they need an ambassador with them all the time? Do we need more than one person? If one person is enough, this person might be covering our luxury portfolio for
1: this job. And if it's a big country like the U.S., would you have more than one potentially for a prestige brand like Per Jovet?
0: Today in the U.S., we have one senior ambassador for Champagne. Maybe we'll recruit for Provence soon in the near future.
2: (laughs) It's for you, Robert. It's another side gig. (laughs) So along those lines, how big is the brand ambassador program that you manage for? You manage the Cognac, Champagne and Provence program. And where are they all located? What are the markets they're in?
0: I only manage the wine ambassadors program. So Champagne and Provence. A colleague of mine uh, is the person responsible for the program on the cognac side. If I look at the wine ambassadors in the luxury division, we count today with 30 ambassadors. And they are located across 15 international markets, counting America, Europe, Asia, and Pacific.
2: How is Champagne different from Provence, I guess, but also from the spirits for brand ambassadors and the role they play?
0: Our ambassadors, they play a vital role in connecting and persuading highly knowledgeable and experienced wine experts, as well as passionate consumers. Therefore, we seek out senior profiles with substantial experience in the wine industry. Once they become part of our program, they embark on a long-term journey of personal and professional growth tailored to their unique strengths and career aspirations. We continuously strive to develop and implement top-tier education and certification programs, often in collaboration with globally recognized authorities in wine and luxury. Our goal is to empower and inspire a generation of confident and well-informed brand ambassadors capable of unlocking both internal and external business opportunities align with our strategic objectives. So we need our investors to be credible, to be perceived as a business partner, to be respected by knowledgeable sommeliers, by knowledgeable wine experts. To give you an example about the programs we have to keep boosting their knowledge and confidence, in the last 12 months, I've implemented WST, so a Wine and Spirits Education Trust in-house school at our Parisian office. And I've also created a champagne specialist course in collaboration with the Wine Scholar Guild and the Master of Wine, C. Avalon, who is one of the most respected champagne experts of our time. In addition, we have one annual gathering in France with the entire group, and the monthly trainings across different topics, such as regenerative viticulture, culture, sustainable winemaking, as well as fine wine, high-end gastronomy, how they can improve the technical skills, but also the behavioral ones.
1: So you mentioned that your brand ambassadors, you're incorporating a lot of education. Do they have roles outside of that core role? Is it a multiple responsibilities or is it purely just doing the in-brand role 40 hours a week or however many hours they work?
0: They are members of our affiliate local ecosystem. So the ambassador collaborates closely with both our marketing and commercial teams. They are in a full-time job. And in this capacity, they frequently engage with clients, fostering strong relationships with both our valued customers and consumers. So it's working hand-on-hand with the different teams. So their missions, the, the KPIs are well-defined, but at the end of the day, team spirit, really understanding how to help the different teams in order to reach common goals.
1: Okay, so it sits between marketing and commercial. It's not a part of one or the other. It's actually some kind of hybrid in between the two. Exactly.
2: So I I know in a lot of maybe smaller companies, brand ambassadors sell wine directly to private clients. And you mentioned that they build relationship with these uh, consumers. Do your brand ambassadors sell wine to customers?
0: No. At Pernod Ricard, we count with the private client directors. They are the one responsible for our direct to VIP sales. When we are talking about business partners, the different accounts, being them on trade, off trade, then it will be our prestige sales team that will be responsible for the conversion.
2: So how do we look at how the roles get along? Like what does the brand ambassador do versus the private client sales or the prestige sales team? Like how do I think about the difference between what each one does?
0: So if we look at the role of the ambassador, the first mission is to win hearts and minds. And by that, I mean that they will be in contact of Champagne stakeholders within CERNORICARE. They have the mission to engage in lasting relationships, providing knowledgeable support to the local marketing, to the prestige teams. The ambassadors work hand-on-hand with them, so a healthy relationship and this team spirit I mentioned earlier is really essential. Daily, the ambassador will be responsible for brand education, for trade activation, business development. If we look at our senior ambassadors, based on key markets, they will also engage with media, with wine journalists. They organize our seller master's visits might be at the occasion of a new vintage or a limited edition release. They might also diffuse our wine education certified programs to the local teams. For example, today, Loha Kamel and Christophe Berchevière, our two senior ambassadors based in France and in Japan, respectively, they are being trained to become the official educators of our champagne specialist course in those two countries. So that's why we map what are their career aspirations, how long they see themselves in this role, and uh, what can we continuously provide in terms of challenge to make sure the mission is dynamic and they keep uh, learning more and improving their abilities. Because it's true that when the ambassador arrives in a new market, working with a brand or a house for the very first time, they might have all these skills, but it needs time to improve comfortable on your shoes, we will uh, do it even better with time. But the mission might not remain the same. We all like this feeling of learning something new, everything.
2: I guess just for me to fully cement my knowledge, so the brand ambassador like that works for you manages Champagne and sometimes Provence, the private client sales or the prestige salesperson, do they sell more than just Champagne and Provence or is it just... Champagne and Provence as well. Like is it one on one or would a salesperson maybe interact with different brand ambassadors?
0: Ah yes, and that's exactly the answer. Because they have Pernnohicar sales teams, Pernnohicar private client director, which means that they will work with our prestige portfolio within the houses we have in the group, we have the prestigious house, and they will be commercializing those products, these collections. They will be in contact with the other ambassadors, for example, Royal Salute ambassadors on the whiskey side.
2: So do customers with uh, relationships with brand ambassadors get access to wines not available elsewhere?
0: When we have a ultra-prestige offer, they are mostly available via auctions or in the case of our key priority market. They are also available via the prestige teams or the private client directors. So basically, the masters might not have the direct access to those wines, but they know who does. <laughs> as an illustrative example, just 18 months ago, we orchestrated a remarkable auction at Christie's featuring rare vintage straight from the cellars of Maison Perrier jouet This collection included magnums, jeroboams, all celebrated as a tribute to our rich wine legacy. And the centerpiece of this event was an extraordinary bottle from 1874 vintage. So, notably, the same vintage had previously graced the auction estate at Christie's in London that back in 1888, where it established an enduring record as the most expensive champagne ever sold at auction. This remarkable feat remained unmatched for nearly eight decades, so from 1888 until 1967. This blend, it's important to have in mind, that had been crafted by Charles Perrier himself, the son of the Maison Ferrier-Jouette founder, showcasing the exquisite Chardonnay grapes sourced from Cramont, one of our original Grand Crus until now one of our most prestigious vineyards. And fortunate buyer of this exceptional bottle chose to uncork it at Maison Belle Epoque in Apernay, accompanied by our cellar master Severin Fresson, during an extraordinary experience at Maison Belle Epoque.
2: Wow, oh, that sounds like a pretty cool experience.
0: Yeah, I think it's quite magical to hear about a vintage from 1874, that was tasted last year. I wasn't there, but Severine mentioned the fact that once they opened the bottle, there was still a little bit of CO2. So it did make some noise when opening the bottle and the tasting notes, they were just mind blowing. So unique. The wine had aged so graciously. It's a testament of winemaking from a different time. So it's really linked with what I learned in Greece when I fell in love with the wine universe, that yes, wine allows us to travel through time and to experience a region, a terroir, from a narrative, from another person's point of view.
1: And I'm curious, this changes by brand, but what are the traits or the characteristics that you look for in a great and brand ambassador? Like what are the, the personality traits or types of things that you want to see a great and brand ambassador do?
0: So overall, a great Champagne and Provence ambassador should embody the house essence and be an effective spoken person who can engage, educate and inspire while representing the house with enthusiasm and authenticity. There are four key characteristics we look for when recruiting an ambassador. First one, a genuine passion for wine, including history, process, appreciation of its unique qualities, appreciation for gastronomy. Second is a strong communication skill, including the ability to articulate the house history, the values, to advocate in favor of a certain wine style. The third is adaptability resilience. So an ambassador should be able to adapt to different situations, different audience, different interests, always having in mind his or her strategic objectives. And the fourth is spontaneous charisma. And charisma is key.
1: I'm sure those are very interesting interview uh, questions to so try to suss out those different areas for charisma and passion for wine. Do you expect them to come from established relationships? Like, are you bringing in someone who's already in the trade and are bringing relationships and knowledge with them? Or are you kind of picking people and kind of grooming them into this role and training them if they have those kind of raw skills?
0: It depends on the market maturity and the level of seniority we are recruiting. A senior ambassador with established networking is always a plus.
1: How do they build new relationships with clients over time? Like, I mean, wine industry is just very much a relationships industry, right? And so when you bring over from another brand and you hire someone that has done this at another brand, how do they build new relationships with clients, especially if there's a different target market?
0: Not only making new relations, but maintaining the important ones you have. So definitely at a lot of time dedicated to developing these relationships. Once they arrive, they'll be introduced to our customers and clients by the local commercial team, by our business partners. They are part of the Hanohikar ecosystem, so they will have this support. Our founder, he used to say make a new friend every day and in the Brandon Buster role, that's the motto because it's about meeting people and building a true connection with people. It demands time, demands effort, demands being every day in the field. And it's really great when it happens. I left Brazil where I started as a brand sommelier, so I was an ambassador, nine years ago. And I'm still in contact with my customers. I'm still in contact with my consumers. Once they open a bottle of Peiris they send me a message on Instagram, on WhatsApp. They keep sharing and when they come to France they say ah can we have Fabi coming to see us so people and uh, the human relations are are long-lasting it takes time to build but they are long-lasting once established
1: and so you mentioned that you had done this in the past like what is the career path so someone comes in they do this do they at some point go more down a marketing route or more down a commercial route or do they stay here in perpetuity? Like, what have you seen with these 30 brand ambassadors, how they evolve over time their career?
0: So, there are some ambassadors that they've been in this role for a few years and they are considered senior ambassadors now. There are different paths. That's why it's tailored to each of them based on their career aspirations. Today, in our business unit, in the luxury division, we have seven former brand ambassadors. We're working in the global marketing and a strategy team. So, obviously, once you're a brand ambassador, you really understand the business. And the same as a huge added value. So, maintaining them in the business and bringing this knowledge to people that not necessarily are daily interacting with the customers and consumers is extremely important for
2: us. So in meeting all these new people, how does a good brand ambassador identify the right people to build relationships with?
0: I don't think there is right and wrong. It's really connecting with as many people as you can, because sometimes someone that you not even expect to be bringing a business opportunity will. So we are all interconnected. And the wine world is small. When I was in Brazil, I knew most of my colleagues working in the wine industry. And I thought it was because it's in Brazil. But in France, it's the same. The wine industry, we have the same passion. We have the same interest. We know each other. So France will introduce to other friends. I don't think that is right or wrong. But sometimes that relation you are developing now, you're not going to harvest tomorrow. But you mine three years time.
2: Just like random relationships in uh, Germany for the MW Symposium, which is where we met and and ideated this uh, podcast episode. Exactly. (laughs) You mentioned earlier that brand ambassadors have KPIs to measure success. Are you able to share an example of what that would be?
0: Normally, we don't disclosure the KPIs also because they are not uniform in the way that it will have variations in accordance with the market. With the, the local objectives, with the local portfolio. So, what we can say is that they are very clear to the ambassador and they are measured, not only looking at this one person achievements, but looking at the global team achievements. And we do share best practices very often and we incentivize them to replicate these best practice because lots of knowledge will be brought so they don't need to test and learn they will simply apply what worked well in other countries where we have similar route to markets similar consumer behaviors and moments of consumption
1: This is kind of a joke. I'm just curious, if I was the Paris-O-A brand ambassador, does that mean I can only drink paris (laughs) i I'm just curious.
2: (laughs) You have J.H. mom, too. (laughs) (laughs) But
1: only if I'm the ambassador over both.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Understanding competitors' positioning, their trends, what are their key attributes, what's their wine identity. It's also how we understand who we are. What are the key attributes in our heritage? What's our style? If I tell you Perrier Jouette is elegant and floral, you need to taste other champagnes to understand why our identity is elegant and floral.
1: Got it. Makes sense. So what are the benefits do consumers get from having a relationship with a brand ambassador?
0: Our friends of the house, whether being valued customers or loyal consumers, they will receive exclusive invitations to extraordinary experience both in their local markets and here in France. To give you an idea, if we talk about our team Chefs and Sommeliers engagement program, known as Perrier Jouette Society, the members of this community, which comprise the accomplished Chefs and Sommeliers, they frankly uh, frequently enjoy invitations to our curated events, which span across national and international settings. In France, those gatherings can be bespoken VIP encounters at Maison Belle Epoque, housing one of Europe's most extensive private collections of Art Nouveau or an exceptional clear wines tasting guided by our cellar master, Sylvain Person, for example, before our Champagne's second fermentation blend creation. So it's really understanding the origin of the wine, the style, what will be brought by each variety in each of our iconic vineyards. They are part of those unique experiences that are not accessible if you're not a friend of the house.
1: What type of customers do you think are most effective in terms of receiving this education or knowledge from a brand ambassador? Are these more luxury purchasers? Are these people who are aspirationally trying to drink Better wine, are these the geeks who are just want to know all the things. Like, what is the categorization of the type of customer that you think most aligns to what the brand ambassadors provide to customers?
0: The customers tend to be very open to the storytelling, to the heritage, to the idea of understanding the wine signature of a champagne house. I would say that the effectiveness of our efforts extends beyond the ambassador's role. It's really connected to the tailored experience we offer to each consumer profile and our ability to showcase the unique attributes of our Maison to this specific consumer. For example, with a heritage spanning over two centuries, Maison Perrier Jouette has consistently crafted exceptional floral and elegant wines. This is a statement of wine quality. The wine quality resonates deeply with the passion points of wine collectors and wine geeks, wine connoisseurs. Moreover, if I also tell you, Maison Perrier-Jouette shares a profound connection with the Art Nouveau movement, renowned for its philosophy of reimagining nature to infuse everyday life with beauty, and that these ethos find its expression in its iconic Cuvee Belle Epoque bottle, a masterpiece designed by Émilie Gaillet himself in 1902. These artistic synergies speak directly to the sensibilities of luxury and aspirational buyers. Therefore, on my point of view, a successful ambassador must be able to always adapt narrative in accordance with the audience fashion point in order to connect, to convince at the emotional level. The audience, the consumers, the customers, they tend to be open. But then we need to understand what are their passions, what are their interests and how we are going to present our attributes to them taking that into account.
1: So, you know, we talked a lot about the brand ambassadors for the consumers. I am curious, though, the brand ambassadors role for the most part, like what percentage of their focus is on trade inside the industry versus the actual end consumer?
0: I don't have a specific split because it will also depend on the period of the year. Let's say end of year is a key champagne season. Most of the markets they will have lots of trade activation during this period, so they will spend more time dedicated to on trade and off trade with high-end retailers, for example. While other periods, maybe uh, Mother's Day or Valentine's Day, which are also important window for the champagne segment, they will spend more time with consumers. Or in events dedicated to final consumers so there is no specific split and we do not share any specific guidelines it will really depend on the opportunities we will have and that will be driven by the local teams that have the knowledge of the local market
2: what's your view on how the role of the brand ambassador will change over time
0: the role of a wine ambassador may evolve over time due to several factors. I can imagine changing consumer preference, advancement in technology, shifting the champagne industry, the appearance of new trends, new moments of consumption. So to remain effective in their roles, wine ambassadors must master essential qualities, including adaptability, Digital literacy, a profound understanding of consumer preference, and the ability to personalize interactions with each customer and consumer. It's really important, this ability to listen and to personalize the experience you are offering. These attributes, I believe it will prove indispensable as the role continues to develop and responds to changing dynamics.
2: And is the brand ambassador program that you manage, is it growing over time? And for the whole organization, is it growing Is you just getting more and more people as time goes on?
0: So first, we had some ambassadors located in different geographies, but they were not part of one single program. We gathered the ambassadors that we already had in the different markets and we started recruiting new ones in a very specific point of view, understanding on this long-term development journey and establishing a global overview six to seven years ago. If I look back at that time, yes, the program is growing, but the ability is never just to go big and to really work side by side with the markets that are established to work with a wine ambassador in the field.
2: So there's something more near and dear to Robert's heart. He's, you know, a big social media person and a social media influencer. Has that evolution of that it exists now, really, that there's a thing as social media influencer, how does that impact the role of brand ambassador?
0: There are some markets where social media is more important than others. In Brazil, it's extremely important. So Daniel, our brand ambassador in Brazil, he is definitely active on social media and he has many connections that are coming via social media. So it's not just a way to communicate and to leverage your message, but it's also a very easy channel for consumers to reach out and to be in touch with the person that are embodying and representing the house it's relevant or it's a a house of interest for those consumers. So I would say that it's not a key criteria that all our ambassadors are active on social media or that they have specific KPIs because today they are wine education ambassadors. However, in the group, we also have lifestyle ambassadors working for other house. And in this case, social media will be a key KPI And they will have specific guidelines and ways of working. But for our education ambassadors today, yes, in markets where social media is relevant, they are definitely active. And not just talking, but listening and understanding the consumers and being available to them.
1: And those lifestyle ambassadors, is that still underneath your purview or does that sit in either the marketing or commercial side?
0: It will be in the marketing side.
1: All right. Well, thank you for covering so much information on brand ambassador programs. I mean, I know we hear this term a lot, but it's good to put a definition and talk about how Pernod Ricard is approaching it from its wine portfolio. But we want to wrap up this episode on a personal note. And we like to ask, what was the most memorable wine you've drank in the last year and who did you drink it with?
0: It's a challenging question, a really challenging question, considering our recent fortunate experience when Peter and I attended together the Master of Wine Symposium in Wiesbaden, where we had the pleasure of tasting some truly exquisite, memorable wines. Nevertheless, the most unforgettable wine I've ever drank, and it's not just this year, it's really the one that so far has been the most memorable for me. It's a wine from my own birth year, so 1985, (laughs) and it was enjoyed alongside one of Brazil's most incredibly talented sommeliers. His name is Manuel Beato. To give you a bit of context, when I joined the sommelier school in Brazil, I received a thoughtful gift from my then boyfriend, a very insightful wine book and a magazine featuring Manuel Beato on the cover as sommelier of the year. So Manuel has been an enduring inspiration to me in the last 15 years, embodying qualities of humility, passion, authenticity, and a very unique and poetic connection to the wine world. So the moment when I tasted the Hierjuette Bellepo 1985 with Manuel by my side, it was like watching the movie of my life <laughs> unfold before my eyes. For all the reasons that this moment brought, and also because this remarkable vintage has gracefully aged, revealing its power, elegance, and complexity. I found multiple layers of preserved primary beautiful secondary and unique tertiary notes, including tobacco, smoked tea, what we called smoked chalk, candied citric fruits, coffee beans. This flavor, they were beautifully complemented by a vibrant and lively acidity, all underscored by a perfectly integrated mousse. So it was a true unique experience. I remember when I had the wine, I was just I hope people and wines from 85 keep evolving that word. <laughs> and 85 is the year of the last black frost in Champagne. So we had very, very cold temperatures that even killed some of the vines. It's a very specific year and uh, a great vintage for the region, a beautiful vintage for Maison Ferrié. Was it
1: 750 or a magnum?
0: It was uh, Girobois. And
2: Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs>
0: uh, yes, I had the opportunity to taste uh, this time it was a Jobuan, but I also had the opportunity to taste this year in Magnum.
1: Okay. I find that extra aging in that larger format makes a big difference. Although I haven't had many out of Jerome <laughs> with that much age on it. So that's uh, that's amazing. Well thank you for sharing uh, that personal note, we appreciate it. And thank you for sharing all the information about your brand ambassador programs, Bernard Ricard.
0: Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to share with you, to exchange. I'm passionate about wines, passionate about this program, passionate about the people I've been working with that are of great talents and really believe on their role. So it was a pleasure to speak on behalf of each of them. And if you have a tasting, you can count on us.
2: Thanks for joining us. If you loved this episode of X Chateau,
0: we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, cheers.